great God this morning. Amen. Let's stand together, if you would, and turn to page number eight. Page number eight. He is a great God, and he is faithful. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness. Let's sing all verses of page number eight as we begin this morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. be great in his faithfulness because he just is great amen what a blessing this morning sure glad you're here uh, at faith baptist church and so let's open up in a word of prayer this morning because we need the lord here too amen and so i'm gonna ask brother jim wisdom if you would open us in prayer this morning
Amen. Won't you be seated uh, this morning? And did just want to say thank you to all of those that were kind of involved and and uh, with the service yesterday. Praise the Lord for a good send off uh, service for Miss Carol and Moore. Amen. And so that was a real blessing, and certainly good to have uh, Brother Michael Moore here uh, this morning. And uh, do continue to pray uh, for the family, but just wanted to praise the Lord uh, for that. And then, of course, uh, next Sunday, October the 8th, begins our fall uh, revival, something that we have uh, every year. And so this year, our guest preacher is going to be Dean Herring, uh, pastors the South Valley Baptist Church there in Kuna, Idaho, and uh, just a dear friend uh, in the Lord. And so looking forward to having him and his wife Susie here with us uh, beginning Sunday, uh, next Sunday, and then throughout uh, the week. And so trust you've been fasting and praying. And of course, this, uh, this week begins uh, TV and entertainment and just putting off the things uh, of the world because we want to hear from our God. Amen. And so do want to encourage you to participate in that. And then, of course, I did want to mention that next Sunday... Uh, the service times and things like that will all be uh, our normal service times except for uh, the Sunday evening service. We will not have our Bible study time at 6 o'clock, and so it will just be one uh, evening service, and that will be at 6.30 uh, in the evening. Also wanted to mention this, we'll have a combined uh, Sunday school class uh, next Sunday with the uh, adult classes as well as the teen class. If they would like to be here, they certainly uh, can and we're also going to be having the assurance trio from Heartland Baptist Bible College and so they are going to be here in the Sunday morning and the Sunday evening service uh, uh, providing some special music and so I know that that will be a blessing uh, as well and so again that's uh, Sunday and then of course Monday night October or Monday night October the night all the way through Friday it'll be seven o'clock uh, each night and so pray pray for the meeting pray for Brother Herring and also, we do have, uh, we do have some flyers uh, that are made up. They are in the uh, table here in the uh, sanctuary as well as in the outer foyer. And so if you maybe you have some neighbors or some friends or relatives or, or coworkers or something like that that you would like to invite uh, to the meeting, you can certainly grab some of these and, and give those to them. And so that way they'll have the times and all the information and things like that. But sure, looking forward to what God is going to do. Amen. And so be much in prayer uh, for uh, that. Okay, Brother Eric, come on ahead for me. Or this morning. Amen. Let's turn to page 178. Page 178. Are you washed in the blood? If you don't know the Lord as your Savior this morning, I pray you do before you leave. If you know the Lord as your Savior, let's sing this out this morning all together. Are you, are you washed in the blood? Page 178. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this time? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb?
as your Savior. Say amen this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand. Turn to page 186. Page number 186. We don't serve a dead God this morning. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Let's sing it out on that first verse. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living. Whatever men may say, I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I hear Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives
186 if you lost that page number. The last verse says rejoice. Rejoice, O Christian. We have a lot to rejoice about this morning. Amen. Let's sing it out together. Page 186 on the last verse. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. The hope of all who seek Him. The help of all who cry. None other is so loving, so good. say amen this morning. Praise the Lord. Brother Tim, come right ahead. If the men will come ahead for the offering, I would like to read to you from Psalm 135, verse 1. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. Brother Carr, would you pray for the offering this morning? Amen. You may be seated. thankful that Jesus Christ lives this morning. Amen. Okay, we got to do better than that. We got to wake up this morning, all right? I think everybody's a little sleepy. I don't know if it's a long weekend or what, but we need to be excited to be in the Lord's house this morning. Are you excited to be in the Lord's house this morning? All right, so aren't you thankful he lives this morning? Amen. We have a reason to be here. Let's all stand up one last time. Turn to page 182. Page 182. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Let's sing it out for the Lord this morning on the first verse. God sent his son, they called him Jesus, he came to love, heal and forgive, he lived and died, to buy my pardon, and
Amen. Great singing this morning. You may be seated. Just before the message, we're going to have a special this morning from Brother Tim and Miss Anna Quinlan.
it's all about, amen, about getting saved and then just submitting your life as a living sacrifice and, and serving and, and following Him. You say, man, preacher, that, I don't know about no living sacrifices. Listen, that's the best life you could ever live on this earth is to follow Him and be that living sacrifice. Seems like we heard something about that in the book of Romans, amen. Well, it's been good to be in the Lord's house already, amen. And certainly excited about our revival uh, next week. Something that I have done in the past uh, as we get into revival is that I always have felt like this as a pastor, is that you don't just, you know, walk into revival unprepared. I don't think it should be that Brother Dean and Miss Susie Herring should show up and people not know who they are. I think by the posters and praying and things like that, we should see that when they come in, know their names, been praying for them, getting ready for them, and certainly have even taken the time to preach and things like that to get us ready for a revival meeting. And so I I certainly, as I begin to pray about the services this morning, I had that in the back of my mind. But as I begin to study where we are at in the book of Romans, God began to make it very clear that this is exactly what we need to hear to get us ready for revival. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, don't stand just yet, but I do want to invite you to take it out and, and turn with me to the book of Romans in chapter number 15. It's where we're going to start uh, this morning. Now, last week, as we've kind of gone through the book, we finished up in chapter number 14. And if you remember, that chapter was dealing with, with the diversity or the differences between the believers uh, in Rome. All right, and so Paul began to deal with them to, you know, the mature in the faith and, and the new in the faith and begin to talk with them about their need to learn to get along and that the mature needed to, you know, not look down their noses at, at the newer believers and the newer believers needed to learn to receive correction so that they can mature in their faith and grow in Christ like they needed to. All right, but now... We come to chapter 15, and what I would say to you is this, is that where chapter 14 deals with diversity, chapter 15 deals with missions. All right, now you say, man, how do you get that? Well, as you begin to go through the chapter, you will begin to see where Paul begins to talk about his endeavors and and how God had called him to take the gospel uh, to, uh, to the Gentile people and those kind of things be effective. In verse number 24, he talks about even going as far as Spain with the gospel of Jesus Christ. How about that? That's pretty awesome. All right, and so, <laughs> excuse me, as he, as he does this, he wants the believers in Rome to understand, as we need to understand, all right, that the kingdom of God is far bigger than us. All right, you, you understand There is a whole world out there that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, I'd say that maybe a country that ought to be fresh on our minds would be something like Japan or Ecuador or places uh, like that. But but at the same time, watch this, that doesn't mean that Faith Baptist Church cannot have an impact on the kingdom of God. We most certainly can, but that means this, we need to be everything that God intends for us to be in His Word. Now take your Bibles in in Romans chapter 15 and let's all stand in honor of God's Word. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1. 
<laughs> so again, <clears throat> chapter 14 was diversity. You begin to see that here. He says this in verse number 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. Aren't you glad for that this morning? Verse number 4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. All right, now watch this, church. Watch this. He says that ye may be, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I would say to you, kind of saw some of that this morning. I, I, I think we're not getting it here. I think we kind of saw some of that this morning. When all of the congregation was praising God and magnifying God in song, somebody say amen, that that's what was going on. We were all with one mind and one mouth glorifying God. So he says, wherefore, verse 7, receive you one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision, for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy, as it, was writ- as it is written. For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. <laughs> and again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with His people. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Look, look up here, look up here. You be Gentiles. We were doing exactly that. We were singing unto, we were singing unto Jehovah God, Amen. the God of Israel. We were rejoicing. You know what that was? That was a fulfillment of Scripture. That's what he's saying. He's saying, man, this, this, is, what, this is what it's supposed to be. That, that in verse number 11, and again, Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud Him, all ye people. And again, verse 12, Esaias, Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse. And he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. That is talking about Jesus Christ. It is talking about the relationship that we can have with the God of Israel through the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, talking to the Jews, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to also admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God that I should be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God that the offering up 
of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Man, oh man, oh man. I'm hoping that you caught the vision of what's going on here. Because what I would say to you is this, is that as Paul is is transitioning in this passage from the subject of diversity and into really what's going to be worldwide missions, Paul basically gives his vision of of what church ought to be. What it ought to be. Be a bunch of Gentiles and Jews gathered together from all walks of life in different backgrounds, but being saved by the grace of God and glorifying Him. But it makes sense, doesn't it? That He would start here at home before He moves into that which is abroad. Because if we're not everything we're supposed to be and doing everything that we're supposed to do here, we'll eventually cease to send the gospel out to that which is abroad. That's why missions has been dubbed the heartbeat of the church. And really, it's not just foreign missions and writing a check, but it's reaching out to our community with the gospel, our Jerusalem and our Judea, because if we cease to reach others locally, we'll eventually cease altogether as Faith Baptist Church. So here's what I titled the message this morning. What church ought to be? You know what it ought to be? It ought to be unity with one another. It ought to be love for one another. And it ought to be an understanding this morning among God's people that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for every person and it can change the life of every person. Father, would you bless the preaching now in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you be seated this morning? I don't know if you've ever maybe been in a place of leadership and you have a group of people that you're leading and you kind of, you know, basically sat down to kind of give them your vision or your direction of, of, of what could be. But I, I know that there have been times that, that I have, even outside of, you know, preaching, preaching the gospel of, of Jesus Christ, I, I certainly thought about uh, when, when I was, you know, coaching the basketball team uh, for, for our Christian school. And uh, that, that came to my mind. I, I remember uh, the first season that I was coaching, and we, we lost uh, some games, and, and we won some games. And so when the next season rolled around, I just decided, I said, you know, I'm just going to sit the guys down uh, and, and just kind of give them my, my vision and, and basically what, what's on my heart. And so we sat down with the guys, and I, and I kind of looked at them, and I said, guys, I said, look, you, you, you realize we, we have the talent, we certainly have the height to, to be able to win every game. And so I asked them, I said, what would you, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to leave it up to you this season. Would you like, to, you know, do you want me to, to push you hard and you be, you, you know, you, you know you, we try to win every game? I, I think that we can or do you want to just, you know, we'll just kind of coast through and we'll do whatever and you guys can go out there on the court and do whatever you want to do. And, and, and most of the boys, and, and especially the seniors, they said, we want you to push us hard. We want to try to win every game. And I said, okay. And about 15 minutes later, they totally regretted that decision. 
Because they were out there running suicides and doing P90X and everything else under the sun. But I thought it was, I, listen, it was epic that in the first home game, I remember the home game, and we were playing Heritage, and in the second half, the Heritage team was running up and down the court, man, and they were sweating and they were panting and they were, and they were struggling and our guys were still running up and down the court and scoring points. And C.J. Robbins runs by and goes, Pastor, they're getting tired. And he's just still running. And I'm like, yeah. Now you see the point of doing P90X and running suicides, amen. And, and they want to, I love, listen, I loved it that they saw success after their hard work had been done. What, what I'm trying to illustrate to you this morning is this, has already been made clear. That, that's exactly what Paul is trying to do to the believers in, in Rome is that he's basically laying it out, what church ought to be. And I, I think that it would be good for us as Faith Baptist Church to have that same vision and that same understanding, unity with one another, love for one another, and an understanding that the gospel of Jesus Christ it is for every believer it is, or every person. It, that, that's what church is supposed to be. Look at verse number 5 in 6 again. He says, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus, of our of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, though there are differences between the Jews and the Gentiles, they could still come together. They, they could still be in unity. They could still be like-minded. They could still have one mind towards one another. They could still love one another and serve one another. And then by one mouth, the message of the gospel and, and, and singing songs unto Zion... With, with praise and honor and glory to the Almighty God. Friend, I would say to you, that's what church ought to be. And that's what Paul is, is dealing with, with here. I don't know about you, but, but as I was studying this and I was thinking about this, my, my mind went to Revelation chapter 5. Hold, hold your place there in, in, Revela- in, in Romans and go with me to Revelation chapter 5. I this is probably my favorite chapter in the book of Revelation, but look at what it says in, in verse number 1. And, and I just want to kind of read down through this, this whole chapter here uh, and, and see these things. And, and, and you understand that as John is called up into heaven in chapter 4, he sees the throne of God, and he also begins to say this, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written, Within, on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw the, a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven or, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And, and you understand this book, I believe, is the title deed to the earth. And so God has it in his right hand, and there was no one found worthy to open the book. But then look at verse number 5. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Now, my friend, that's talking about Jesus Christ. And so notice in verse 6, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, into the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, capital L, as it had been slain, but now living again. 
having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Why? Because he is worthy. He is worthy. And then look at verse number 8. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, not a contemporary song, but a new song. And notice this, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And it's made, unto, made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne. Then the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten, ten thousand and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Listen, the point is to say this, that when we get to heaven, we will all be of one mind. Come on, friend. We're all going to be a bunch of sinners on level playing ground. Come on, friend. We'll, we, we'll, all be, we'll, we'll all be there with one mouth rejoicing and praising and singing to the one that saved us. And what I'm trying to get across to you is this, is that don't you think that church on earth ought to be a little taste of what heaven's going to be like? That all types of people from all walks of life with all different kinds of backgrounds but yet all coming together under the banner and blood of Jesus Christ to love one another and serve one another and give glory unto our God. You look down through Romans chapter 15 and you can go back there but what I noticed is this is that the glory of God is brought up very frequently through our text. Look at verse number 6. He says, That ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse number 7. Wherefore receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Look at verse number 9. In that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. You you understand? Why, why Why does He bring that up? Why does He keep mentioning the glory of God? Because when a church is everything that she should be locally, in reaching out with the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, God gets glory among His people. That's why He says that. But, but again, it starts with home, doesn't it? Because if Faith Baptist Church isn't what she should be, then eventually we'll cease to reaching, to reaching the state of Kansas or America or Japan or Ecuador or Australia or whatever the case may be. So it does begin at home with us being everything we're supposed to be. Okay, so if we're going to be everything that we need to be, then we need to understand some things that Paul's laying out here. And here's what I believe he's saying to the believers at Rome. That if you're going to come together, one mind and one mouth, and glorify God, and you're going to be everything that God intends for you to be as a body of believers, then you have to understand this. You have got to learn to restrain And receive people. 
You've got to learn to restrain yourself and receive people in. In fact, that's what he begins to talk about in the first opening verses here of our text. And I realize we, we, we looked at this subject as we finished up chapter number 14 last week, even, even with the example of Paul. But I just want to remind you again, and I want you to think about with me a little bit because there's an application to be made here. But you've got to think about the, the, these people that are, that are making up the, this body of believers that, that are here in Rome. And, and there were Jews here. The, these, were, these were the mature in faith. And the reason that they were the mature in faith is because they, they had grown up. They had grown up understanding that God, Jehovah God is the one true and almighty God. They, they grew up understanding that He created all things. They grew up understanding that the Word of God, the Bible, that, that's the Word of God. They grew up understanding those things. They grew up understanding the law of Moses. And so they had been striving to keep it and living somewhat of a moral life. And so by the time that they received Christ as Savior, man, they've already got an understanding of all of these things to which Paul says, you are the mature in the faith. But the Gentile people, on the other hand, wasn't that way at all. They grew up worshiping the pagan gods of Greece and Rome. They didn't understand that there was only one one true and, and living God. To them, there were multiple gods. And there were all kinds of sacrifices and idolatry and, and immorality in their worship. And so you understand that when now, now that they've got saved, and, and so they're struggling with things in their immaturity, things like, things like assurance of their salvation and, and, and things like carnality and, and to submit their, themselves to, to, the, to the Holy Spirit of God and and who is it that created all things? Well, it's God. And in fact, Romans, the book of Romans deals with all this. In Romans chapter 1, Paul lays it out that God created all things. Oh, come on, but he also lays it out that man's a sinner. And also in Romans chapter 8, he says this, Once you're saved, you, listen, no, nobody can stand against you. You're a child of God. And he deals with their carnality. All of these things. Why, why? Why? So that the Gentile people can grow in their faith. But, but here's the thing. So, so, so you understand, in order for them to grow in their faith, the Jewish people have to learn to restrain themselves and to receive them in and help them along. And, and Paul, in the last chapter, he uses his own example to say, listen, I, this is what I do with the Gentile people as an apostle of the Gentiles. I restrain myself and I receive them in. But now, you know what Paul does now? goes, but, but let me tell you who my example is. It's Jesus Christ. So, so look at what he says in verse number one. He says, what then? <laughs> well, we then, rather. He says, we then that are strong. Speaking of the Jewish believers there, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Restraint. Let every one of, it, let, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Well, here's why. Verse number three. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. You understand that? You understand that on the cross of Calvary, well, kind of like the old song says, he could have called 10,000 angels. But, but instead, he restrained himself. For our benefit. Somebody say amen this morning. You understand? Instead, it says this, that he took upon himself our approach. Well, why? So that we could be saved. So that we could be forgiven of our sin. So look at verse number 7. 
So he says to restrain yourself. And then he begins to give this vision. In verse number 4, talking about the Word of God is for our benefit. The Scriptures, they help us with these things. And that we need to be like-minded and receive them in. And, and, or, or have a restraint so that we can be everything that we need to be. And so verse number 7, here's what he says. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ... Notice the example again. As Christ also received us to the glory of God. I don't know about you, but when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ in salvation, I'm glad He received me in, despite who I, I was. Listen, but it's not... Look, look at the earthly example of Christ. Not, not only in our salvation or on the cross of Calvary. Look at the earthly example of Christ. That, that he, uh, he, he received all that came to him. He, he ate with the publicans and sinners. Well, come on, friend. That was the outcast of society, especially among the, uh, among the Jews. This is one of my favorite ones. He must needs go through Samaria. Come on, because he had a divine appointment. Oh, come on, friend. Come on, wake up this morning. Somebody, come on, friend. Then he went all the way to Samaria and said, I must needs go. Come on, that's what he did. And there was a woman at the well there who had been married five times, and the guy she was shacked up with now she wasn't married to. And she got saved. Dropped her water bucket. Somebody say amen. Y'all didn't think I could do that, did you, this morning? I'm telling you. Amen. I still got it. Still got it. Good night. I'm so sick of people coming in here on Sunday morning and sleeping. Wake up. Because what's crazy is you'll go back home and you'll watch some stinking idolatry on the TV called football. Well, you need this. And you need to grab a hold of this this morning. And God help us, we go into a revival meeting and we're half-hearted in it. Please understand this this morning, that this was the earthly, this was the earthly ministry of Christ. That he loved people, he showed compassion on people, and it didn't matter who they were or what things were going on in their life, he saved them, he received them in. And what Paul is saying is this to those in Rome, that you need to have that same spirit and attitude to restrain yourself and receive them in. Oh man, a Chevy. What a blessing our Savior is. Listen, you, you think about the things that he did with the woman at the well. What about the Apostle Paul that God is using to write the book? He persecuted the church, but yet God would save him. Folks, the list could go on and on and on. Why? Because that's our Savior. <laughs> that is our Savior. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He came into the world that, they, that he might save sinners. And don't get me wrong, the world is condemned already, but I'm telling you, that's why Christ came. He restrained Himself and received them in. And guess what? That's exactly what Faith Baptist Church needs to learn to do. Now, please understand this. This doesn't mean we're to compromise things and allow evil to take place. Absolutely not. Uh, listen, there's balance with everything. Even the Lord Jesus shows us that example. When He received people in, He didn't leave them where they were at. He received them in so that their lives could change and they could begin to follow Him. But I will tell you what this, this does mean for me and you. It means this. We're to welcome people to our services. We're to show them kindness. We're to befriend them. We're to shake their hand. We're to sit down with them. We're to invite them to meals. We're to love on them. Well, preacher, you don't understand. Their hair is this and their tattoos and their nose rings and all this. Listen, it does not matter. 
Well, their addictions and their idolatry and their immorality, listen, just like the Gentiles in Rome. (laughs) Let me help you with this. Just as Christ died for you, He died for them. And had it not been for the grace of God, my friend, there go I. I'll never forget we were having revival services in Bible Baptist Church there in in Cassville. And I've told this story before, but Brother Hal Hightower was our our preacher that week. And he's a ball-headed, honorary dude. I can relate, amen, with the honoriness, not the ball-headedness. Man, we were having a great, we were having a great meeting. And I can't even remember what night it was. But I remember one night there was just a tremendous response at the altar. And, man, people were getting right with God. And there was... Man, there was a lot of tears and things like that. And I remember after the service closed down and, and, and stopped and we were dismissing that my wife and I and Brother, Brother Hal and Miss Karen, we walked out towards the back uh, like we always do there in the foyer and we were going to greet people as they go out. And i never forget, I, say, I said this to Brother Howtire that night. I said, thank you, Brother, for preaching, for preaching what God wanted you to preach. We needed that message. And I said this, I said, I believe some people got some help tonight. And he looked at me and he said this. He said, he said, brother, he said, that's the way church ought to be. He said this. Listen to this. He said, it's not a mausoleum for the dead. It's a hospital where the sick can come in and get the help they need. You know what Paul's saying here? Paul's saying this. This is what church ought to be. It ought to be one mind and one mouth giving glory to God. But that's not going to happen until you realize you're a hospital for the spiritually sick, not a mausoleum where the spiritually prideful sit there and exalt themselves in it. And please listen to this. If you've come in this morning and you're struggling with these things, man, you think about the Gentile people and all of the wickedness and all of the things that were in their life. And you may be here this morning and say, man, I can relate to that. You may be here this morning and lost and have never been saved. And maybe you have been saved. And you're wrestling with all of these kind of baggage and battles and things that the Gentile people, then you, you need to know this, listen to this, that there are people in this church that love you and care about your soul. And they'll help you to know Christ as your Savior. And they will help you to grow in that faith and walk and follow our God. Be willing to receive correction, but yes, they will help you and love on you and bring you along. But listen to this, church. Listen to this. You've got to grab all of this, Faith Baptist Church. I remember this, and Natalie and I were talking about this even when we were, uh, we had, uh, I can't remember, it was like two or three weeks later. But I remember this, we were in the VBS meeting. And Brother Eric was doing the Vacation Bible School meeting, and he made this statement that Brother E.J. Watson used to say about fish, and he said this, you never catch clean fish. You don't catch clean fish. You catch them, then you've got to clean them. Well, the Bible calls us fishers of men. You're not going to catch clean fish, duh. But you can give them the gospel and they can get saved. And then you can help them, help them along as the Lord Jesus Christ cleans them up. Amen. Kind of like the same thing he's been doing for us. Yeah, that's right. 
So don't you think it'd benefit us to go, you know what? I just need to restrain myself. Yeah. You know what that means? Some of you need to just... Just stop. It's not your job to change anybody. It's passive-aggressive little statements and comments. That just, just restrain and receive them in. Love on them. Let God do the work. Because the work that He does will be far better than any work you and I could ever do. Restrain and receive them in. Oh, oh and here's the other one. Only two points this morning. Here's the second one. We need to realize the gospel is for everybody. Amen. Well, preacher, well, preacher. I mean, we, we know that. Yeah, so did they. But, but, but Paul continues to reiterate it to them. Just like we need, to, need it to be reiterated to us. Look, look, look at what happens here. Watch, watch this. In, in, in verse, uh, I, want you, I want you to catch this here. Because, again, we, we've got to understand... That, that if we're, we've got to understand this. If the church is to be what everything that, that God intends for it to be. Look at verse number 8. He says, Now I say that, that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the Father. So, so, so notice this. He's addressing the Jewish believers here, the more mature in Christ. And what he's saying is this, is that Jesus Christ is truly the Messiah who would come and fulfill the law and the prophets. He was a minister of the circumcision, the Jews, for the truth of God. But, but also, notice this, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. So, so also this, he came to fulfill the promises made unto the fathers. But, but here's the thing. Some of those promises had to do with the Gentiles. So notice it ends with a colon, right? So the thought continues. And here's one of the promises in verse 9. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. So, so now watch this. Here's what he said. Okay, to the older saints, the more mature, been saved for a while, grown up in church and all the, the, those things. He says, watch this. He says, you got to understand this. You're to restrain yourself and receive them in. But you also need to understand this. you got to realize that the gospel, it is meant for everybody. The Gentile people too. And here's why. This is a fulfillment of Old Testament Scripture. And he begins to go down. In, in verse number 9, he quotes 2 Samuel uh, 22 and verse 50. He says, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. Verse 10 is a quote of Deuteronomy 32, 43. Rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. Verse number 11 is a quote of Psalm 117, 1. Uh, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud Him, all ye people. In verse 12 is a quote of Isaiah 11:10, where, where it says this, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles trust. You know what Paul is saying here? Is that the Gentile people getting saved, that is a fulfillment of Scripture. Oh, just come on, please grab a hold of this. It has always been in the mind of God that every people group would be saved and know Him. Well, preacher, it just seems like 
There, there's God in the Old Testament, but then there's this different God in the New Testament. Nope, same God. Same God. This is never, listen, listen, please get this. It has never been just the intent of God for a select few of people. Whether it be Israel in the Old Testament or the foolishness of Calvinism in the New Testament. It's never been in the mind of God that way. In fact, you can, listen, you can go back to after the flood and when it was just Noah and his family and eventually through his seed, the, 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 the man Abram or Abraham would be, would be called out of the land of the, uh, of, the, of the Chaldees and God would give him the Abrahamic covenant and he would say to Abraham, he would say this in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. Listen to this. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And now, now, now though this would ultimately be fulfilled in Jesus Christ and the gospel, now going to the Gentile people, It was in the mind of God all along that every nation would see the example of Israel and turn to God. You know what the problem was? Well, the problem was this. Israel turned from God. They began to worship idols and carnality, exalted themselves in their pride to be some great people. And what Paul is saying in our text, please listen to this, more mature believer, is he's saying this. Don't make the same mistake in the Lord's churches. See, these things were written for our example. He says there in verse number 4, they were for our learning. Do you know this? That even even in the Old Testament, Gentiles were saved. I think of Moses' father in law, Jethro. I think of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel's day. God allowed him to record his own testimony of salvation in the book of Daniel. You know the two, though, that immediately came to my mind was a precious lady by the name of Rahab the harlot. And here's another precious one, Ruth, the Moabite. And this is the grace and goodness of our God that both of those ladies are in the lineage of Jesus Christ wonder why that is don't you think God's trying to say it's always been in my heart and my mind that every person would be saved be, be a fact let me show you something else verse number 13 he goes on and says now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost and I myself am also persuaded of you, my brethren, talking to the Jewish believers, that ye also are full of goodness and filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God. And here it is, that I should be a minister of Je- the, the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. So Paul is addressing the Jews here, and here's what he's saying. Oh, by the way, this is the ministry that God gave me. See, it wasn't just in the Old Testament that God prophesied of this. 
But even in the New Testament, that Christ would work in my life, save me on the road to Damascus, and call me to be an apostle and to testify of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentile people. So maybe you ought to realize the gospel's for everybody. The gospel, yep, it, 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 it's for everybody. The Gentiles can be saved, and that's a fulfillment of Scripture, and God even called the apostle Paul to be, to, to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Then there needed to be a realization among the Jews, and even among the Gentiles, listen to this, that the gospel is for every person. Please, please catch this. This is, not, this is not just a Jewish message or an Israel message. It's not, it's not just for the more spiritually mature or the moral or those that are keepers of the law. It has the power to change any life. Even one that's been spent living in idolatry and filled with immorality. Please get this, and, and I'm almost through. If you're here this morning and you're lost, th then you need to understand this. It has always been in the heart of God that you would have a relationship with Him no matter what country you were born in or what language you speak or what color your skin is or even what sin is in your life. And if he can take a woman like Rahab the harlot and pull her out of Jericho and put her in the promised land and even put her in the lineage of his son, imagine what he can do with you and me. How true the verse is. For God so loved the world, Jew or Gentile, black or, or white, black sheep, or born on the wrong side of the railroad tracks. However you want to put it, it does not matter. God created you. He loves you. He sent His Son to die for you. Therefore, He wants you to be forgiven and to receive eternal life through His Son. And if that be true, and it is, then don't you think maybe Faith Baptist Church needs to come to that same realization? And to understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ isn't just meant for the nice neighborhoods in Olathe? Or the people that make a certain amount of money? Or, 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 or a certain color skin? Or, 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 or they, they think like us, or they live like us, or they vote like us, or whatever? No, the gospel is for every person. It's for the young man who's eat up with addictions and alcohol and drugs. It's for the young lady that's wasted her life on sinful living and needs to know Christ. Come on, friend. It's, it's for the family that's struggling in their marriage and they need to be saved. It's for the bus kid that comes in. And God knows what they're coming from. And you know what they need? They need to come in and see a people that will love them and restrain themselves and receive them in. And understanding that the same work that God did in me, He can do in them. And just to sit back and to gather together on fire for God, 
and with one mind and one mouth singing and praising and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what church ought to be. And all I kept thinking about was I'm so thankful that when I walked into Victory Bible Baptist Church in 1996, and I would go in on a Sunday morning, and, and Lord knows what I smelled like or what I acted like from the night before when I came in. But those people loved me and received me in and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, and because of that, I got saved. And what Paul is saying here is this. This is what church is supposed to be. It's not a Muslim. It's a hospital for people to get the help that they need. And what it's going to take is for you and me who are part of this church to sit back and realize, you know what, we just need to restrain ourselves and receive them in. And we need to realize that what God did in me, He can do in you. To love on them, and to pray for them. That's what. Can I ask you something this morning? Are you hindering that? Or are you helping with that? By your attitude and the things that you say. Because I know this, I don't want to, I don't want to hinder it. I don't want to hinder it. Oh, I want to help it. Because I want to see people saved. And I want to see the same work that God did in my life. Watch Him do it in somebody else's. Let's all stand this morning. Maybe you hear this.